Now, I want to talk to you. I always give a backstory about this thing called dissing. You know how people, you know what diss, to diss somebody means? Okay, come on, those of you from my generation, catch up. Okay, it diss somebody means to what? Blow them off, yeah. It's, uh-huh, it's, it's to make them of no effect, right? And kind of nullify them. And it's, it's kind of to exit off and uh, to, to destroy our... Uh, so there's this thing called discourage. That means to take away, to blow off all the courage, to take away, reduce it, make it of no effect. The enemy has come to do that. And the enemy is not sitting in this house today. Although his, the spirits that run rampant sometimes attach themselves to us sitting in this house today. And I want to expose him in the next few minutes. I want us to deal with some things. Uh, you know, I, I don't know a lot about cars, so I had to read up on it and get some, you know, and, and so I'll use my little notes to make sure that you know that I am, I have done my homework and I have the right information here. However, I am not a... Uh, all I know about cars are uh, which ones I like, what color I like, and if they've got the equipment I need. But as far as operating, I only know the accelerator, very little about the brake, but a lot about the accelerator. And I know how to do the, the steering wheel. I know the ignition. But as far as how it works, I'm not real sure. But this is what I know. Not too long ago, I'm sitting on the side of the road because... Something happened to my battery. Yeah, and you've done it too. It wasn't the gas this time. It was the battery. It was the battery because I had left something on that I didn't know I had left on. Okay, so I had to end up getting someone with jumper leads to come and fire my engine back up. So, with that said, there are, there are definitely causes for people to lose the energy or their battery and cause it to, work, to, to not work. I, I want to read you about courage for a moment. Courage is almost a contradiction in terms. It means a strong desire to live taking the form of readiness even to die. Philippians 4.13, we know, says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. One man with courage makes a majority every time Andrew Jackson said. One man with courage. Remember I talked to you about one, the power of one. One man with courage. But Deuteronomy 31.6 says, be strong. Be strong with and good of good courage. Do not fear because we're living in a day where you can't hide, you can't run. We don't know the next moment, the next place that we will be attacked. But the people of God who were first called Christians at Macedonia, now I'll end by telling you a Macedonian story. But I, I want you to know we were first called Christians there and much of it was because of our courage. Where has the courage gone in the church today. So Andrew Jackson said, one man with 
courage makes a majority. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. So that is what courage is. But, but we, the enemy has come to diss us diss the courage in us but there is a spirit of Barnabas that I want to call the Barnabite effect that I want to release over this church today and every person in here say the Barnabite effect okay so let's go back to this car charging thing you know when you won't start and the battery splat everything else on the car works fine but there's you can't get this get up and go and the battery has already got up and gone and went. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You've been there. Okay, so I looked up causes for the loss of charges on cars. And I don't have time to spiritualize or make application. I'm just going to throw them out there. You do your homework, okay? Here it is. Number one, causes of excessive current drain from a car battery includes things like lights, that remain on, trunk and hood lights, interior lights, brake lights, etc. You accidentally left the lights on or some other accessory that pulls power from the battery even when the ignition key is off. Just quickly, what have you left on that should have been off that's pulling your battery down? Leave things that keep draining your energy on and on and on. Number two, there is a key off parasitic electrical drain on the battery because a relay is sticking a module is not shutting down, or there is a shorted diode in the alternator. Same thing keeps happening over and over and over, singing the same old song over and over. Just saying, like your life gets stuck, that causes your battery to be drained. Just saying. Okay, there's a module that's not shut down, and it keeps playing the same old thing in your mind over and over, and it drains the energy and the life and the vision out of you. Number three, um, also relays that may be stuck on are modules that are not going to sleep or powering down. A fuel pump relay that sticks on may keep the fuel pump running after the engine is shut off. A switch or relay that powers a rear window defogger can stick on, pulling current from the battery after the ignition is off. An electronic suspension module, an ABS module, an ABS module, or keyless entry module may remain active long after it should have powered down. Number four, the battery is not being recharged while the vehicle is still being driven. You have a charging problem, Google said. If Google said it, it's next to the Bible, I guess. Here's the deal. You're on autopilot. Driving your life, but there's nothing recharging your soul. There's nothing recharging your spirit. There's nothing recharging your vi vision. Now, number five says an accessory such as a DVD player, a game console, or a cell phone charger left plugged into a rear seat power receptacle that is hidden from your sight may be pulling power from the battery. And I know about that because I accused everybody in my household 
soul and everybody in Sugarland for taking mine and my battery and things. It kept being low, and I could, the car wouldn't hardly wouldn't hardly uh, start. I'd finally get it to start because it's such a good car, a good good car. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And finally, so I got it going, but. I finally found that battery charger that I'd been looking for because somebody, it wasn't me, no, but somebody had put it in the back seat where you couldn't see it in that charger back there, and it, keep, and it was two of them back there. Thank you, Sister Hannah, Sister Kennedy, or somebody going on in my car, and it, it kept pulling on my battery, and you know what I found out? That the thing that had been frustrating me and the thing that had been taking my energy because I couldn't find my battery charger and my car was always down was something hidden. Just saying. Take it from there. So, let's move on. Leaving aside more serious reasons now as to why our batteries run down, there's a short-term solution that another car can come alongside can come alongside. Thank you, Sister Dory. Those of you that have ever seen that movie, we should do it. I want to preach it. It's the come alongside Dory. Keep on swimming. Just keep swimming. That she come alongside and hook up some jumper leads. But you got to make sure you get them hooked up to the right place at the right, or you will have some mess going on. And you may not be there to tell it, is all I'm saying. But the act of drawing alongside or lending energy, that's the jumper leads, to get another thing going is the basic idea of what we're talking about today. And it's the word in the New Testament that's called encouragement. That's what I want to talk about. A beautiful old-fashioned word that is so powerful that if we would utilize it, there is no telling. It includes in it unity. It includes in it power and authority when we release encouragement. And the, there's examples in the New Testament and, uh, who had a particular reputation for encouragement. His parents named him Joseph, and, but the leaders... The leaders of the early church called him Barnabas. And do you know what his nickname was? It literally means son of encouragement. Now, I want to be a Barnabas. So we're gonna, we are going to label some Barnabites up in here today, and I'm going to be the first one. I want to be a Barnabite. One of the main reasons why I wanted to look at this today to Barnabas is because I wanted us to see some of the aspects of his spiritual DNA, his encouragement DNA, that we can isolate and use to genetically modify some of our personalities that we could, that we could behave in similar ways to Barnabas. People like to be with people that encourage them. That's the people you want to be around. Don't you want to be around people that are always telling you you cannot do it? There's No, you don't. No, and the people that are always telling you why, you know, you don't look like you used to look, but, you know, you will do. You know, for your age, I guess you're okay. You know, those kind of people, bye-bye. You are the weakest link, just saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that there's something about people that encourage. Do you know in this Thanksgiving season you need to know praise? that is not given away, encouragement that is not given away has no value. 
you got to give it away for it to take power and to cause change in the lives of people. In terms of this root word of encouragement, this is what it means. To put courage into. It means the imputing or fusion, infusion of power or advice or inspiration that makes another person perform better. Where are you? We need you in the body of Christ. There are many things in life that cause us to experience dis discouragement, right? There are things like it's, discouragement is the draining, the dissing of courage. Discouragement is that thing that causes us to not want to get up, not want to move our life forward, not want to experience the promises God has caused us to do. It simply could be caused from tiredness. It could be caused from overexhaustion. It could be caused from sickness. It could be caused from a crisis in your life. It could also be caused from cutting words from somebody else that have discourage you. You remember the whole story of David as he was so discouraged and couldn't even go into the house of the Lord. Where courage has dissipated, encouragement is the replacing or replenishing of courage. It represents, the, the dictionary says, the putting back what has been taken away or that which has leaked out. That's what encouragement is. Now, this is what Romans 12, 8 says. It indicates that some people have a very special gift or Holy Spirit-given ability to encourage. The act of being, their being encouraging is a responsibility. And I know that there are those that have a gift of encouragement. But everybody, every believer should walk in encouragement. It's, it's just like to some there has been given a gift of tongues or interpretation or other things. Some of you have a greater gift of encouragement. And that's all that will come out of your mouth to a point that almost there's, there's some fiction going on. Just saying. But, but to all of us, we have to challenge ourselves. So here's what I want to do for the next few minutes. I want to take and give you some, uh, six suggestions quick suggestions of how you can build encouragement in other people, therefore see it return to your life. Because the Word says, what you sow, you reap. If you're a discouraged person continually, not every once in a while, all of us are, but if you live in that, it might be that you are not pouring out. Encouragement. Just saying, I'm not saying that for everybody, that there isn't some you know, complications to that statement. But overall, you reap what you sow. So, I, I mean, give credence to the fact that God is working on people. I, I believe that God is not through. I believe He is not finished. I believe that God is going to continue to encourage the body of Christ. I'm not giving up on America. I'm not giving up on the body of Christ. I know that we may not be shining like we need to be or want to be, but I can tell you God still has His hand on us. He still has His hand on this nation. He still has His hand on Southeast Texas. He has not forgotten us. And when you leave here today, I want you to be encouraged. I want to pump some your battery, something back in to charge you up for us being prepared for what God's going to do in this new year. This is, will be, without a doubt, the newest new year we've ever had. 
That's what the Spirit of the Lord said to me last night. And I have no clue exactly what all that means, but he said it would be the newest new year we have ever experienced as a body of people. It's a time for revisioning. Say revision. Remember I said a while ago, if your battery's down, it might be that, uh, you need a new battery, bless God. You need a new vision poured into you. You need some renewal inside of you. There's an interesting illustration of the Word of God. Number one, I want to tell you that the first thing you do to cause encouragement in other people is allow people to grow. Write it down. Highlight it. Barnabas was an encourager. He expected people to grow and mature and even overtake him as the mentor. Oh, no way they're going to bypass me. I pray to God they do because if my vision is only as big as what I can do in my lifetime, it's not God's vision. God is a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a God of growth. He's not a God of decline. So if my vision is only as big as what I can see, it ain't big enough. God has got to cause those that I've mentored to rise ahead. And Barnabas was an absolute example. In the early days after Paul's conversion, Barnabas was willing to give him a go. But other Christians wouldn't. Mm -mm. No, they're frowning down because he didn't look like them, act like them. He didn't come from the same DNA as them. Put the application out there. Y'all do your homework right here, okay? And, and they, didn't, they didn't sound or look and act like all the Christians at that point. And so no one was willing to give them a chance. You got to be willing to give people a chance. And if they make a mistake, you got to give them another one. And if they make a mistake, you got to give them another one. Say yes and amen. If you really, later on in Barnabas, who went on and he got Paul launched into his pastoral ministry. Thank God for Barnabas or there would be no Paul that risen up. Oh, Jesus. Because Paul was an encourager of the brethren. In his early days, he mentored Paul. But watch how this happened. Paul and, and uh, they launched themselves in itinerant ministry as missionaries. And once again, in the early days, uh, the historical record is for Barnabas and Paul. Barnabas was the leader and Paul was the apprentice. In the historical culture of that day, the leader of the team was always listed first. Barnabas and Paul. But as you watch them growing, at some point in their journey, Paul assumed the more prominent leadership. And then it was Paul and Barnabas. Go look in your word. You'll see it. I found it. Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas. At first, it was Barnabas and Paul. And he wasn't enamored. This is what I love. And I wrote this down, and I want to read what I wrote by the Spirit. He wasn't enamored with prestige or position or title. He merely wanted to serve the Lord and the kingdom of God to advance. Barnabas, like this, is willing to believe in what God can do in a person, not necessarily what is happening right now, but what God can do in a person and, and their life to the extent that they're willing to step aside and allow them to come alongside and even pass them up. If their voice is a little better, I mean, after a while, you know, it just is what it is. And some people after a while just have to move on past where you are. That does not decrease or diminish your authority or anointing. It only adds value to it. Are y'all with me? So 
That's number one. You know, I, you got to allow people to grow. Encourage them. Be an encourager of them. I've thought so many times, what would have happened if we had been like some friends and people we know? If Pastor Randy had been the egomaniac that would never let anyone get to his level or certainly surpass him. There wouldn't be any Randon Clarks or Brandon, uh, Brandon Burns on the front row. Thank you. There wouldn't be any Damon Scapins and Christine Scapins. There wouldn't be any Ryan Lewis's in the house. There wouldn't be any Kieras and Quentin that just got made children's leaders in Sugarland that came right out of this house. Because somehow there comes a time when you have to encourage and encourage. No, they didn't do everything right, but you encourage. I'm, number two, I'm going on quick. Affirm the capability that you see in other people. Write it down. Affirm the capability that you see in other people. Keep telling them what you see inside of them. In the beginning of the Old Testament, in the book of Deuteronomy, there's an interesting challenge to encouragement. Moses has been telling the Israelite community, all of them, that because of their stubbornness and their rebellion and faithlessness, that none of the older generation would enter the promised land that they've been traveling for 40 years to get to. He told them that they would all die in the desert and even he wouldn't make it into the promised land. And that's a sad story. However, he did redeem himself because this is what the Spirit of the Lord says in Deuteronomy 1, 37 and 38. Because of you, the Lord became angry with me also and said, you shall not enter it either. But your assistant Joshua, son of Nun, will enter it. Encourage him. Encourage him because he will lead Israel to inherit everything you didn't. Encourage him. Tell somebody, encourage somebody. Encouraging short people were to recognize the hand of the Lord on Joshua and they were to put courage in him. Number Deuteronomy 3:28 says, But commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him, for he will lead this people across and will cause them to inherit the land which you will see. The implication is that people were to affirm the calling of God on the mantle that was on Joshua. Affirm them. Thank you. Let me take a moment to tell you thank you for affirming the wonderful men and women of God that have been raised up in this house. Thank you. You are a blessed people. You are Barnabites because you've learned to encourage them. Dear Lord in heaven, please, I beg you, don't be the dis... The one that continually disses the worship leader. There's none in here. But if there are, I need to talk to you after church. Because you don't know what it takes just to get up and do 25 minutes. It takes 25 hours just praying and worshiping, thanking and blessing. Just to get ready for that. Encourage them in the Lord. Encourage that. And the what you'll get out of it, oh. You will only get more of what God has on them. You cannot receive their gift if you don't learn to lift them up and encourage them, encourage them in the Lord. Number three, point people, this is very important, to the opportunities side of a problem. The opportunities side of a problem. Are y'all with me? Point people surrounding every dark, Cloud and gloominess 
There's a silver lining always. There is something in there that somewhere in there, there's that scripture after Joseph had been through everything he had been through, lost everything. Somewhere in there after his brothers came back, after his father died, there was something that came up inside of him and said, no, I will not dish you. I will not discourage you. I can't even believe that you would think I would do that. Don't you know? what the enemy meant for evil God meant for good I want to point you to the opportunities God has given me I want to point you to the opportunities that are in your life because of the hell you're going through right now there's a silver lining in there somewhere and when you're going through it you need some Barnabites to come up alongside of you and remind you every one of us need Barnabites in our life it's a powerful effect in our lives. The Word of God said in James, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may mature and be complete, lacking nothing. In other words, ah, if in the middle of those circumstances I can produce the joy of the Lord and encouragement can begin to flow out of me I won't lack anything I won't lack anything there'll be nothing lacking in my life if that can spring forth out of me I need some water thank you in other words the encourager looks beyond the immediate pain the immediate pain that they're suffering to what God is painting in the big picture they get their eyes off of the detail that has just been absolutely messed up and exploded they get their eyes back on the big picture that God is painting this is what Cora Ten Boone said I read a story the other day she and her sister Betsy had been imprisoned by the Nazis for harboring Jews in their home the prison camp they were in was apparently riddled with fleas the conditions were absolutely horrific and beyond imagination. However, during a time of prayer that Corey once had with Betsy, she heard her pray, Lord, thank you for the fleas. I'll stop on that for a minute. Selah. Corey couldn't go on in their prayer meeting without stopping her sister and asking her, Why have you prayed along those lines to which Betsy lovingly explained from her heart, Corey, don't you see? The Lord provided the fleas that, that way the guards will not bother us in our barracks. So we can pray and worship him freely and get our answers. In other words, Betsy had Barnabas eyes. She was a Barnabite. She decided that she would make a negative, a positive, and in difficult circumstances, she would find something to give God the glory and the honor for. Amen? Amen. Number four. Y'all ready? Oh, you're going to love this one. Speak prophetically to one another. Oh, yeah. For all of those who were not raised in a, quote, tongue-talking world, hang on, we're not crazy. Even the Baptist, even the Methodist, every denomination reads the Word and knows that there is a prophetic anointing this is biblical. This isn't way out there. Every one of you can prophesy and should. 
And I don't want to, and prophesying is simply this. It is quoting the word of God. It is repeating the word in its simplistic nature. It isn't thus saith the Lord God of Israel in the King James Version. You do not have to do that. All you have to do is get in the word and find the scripture that matches your circumstance and begin to quote it and begin to quote it over people and speak it into people. That is prophesying. That is speaking the word of God over people. The word of God is given so that others in the family might feel built up. That's what Timothy says. And encouraged. And the person with a Barnabite disposition has an active antenna. Listen to me. This is it's so important. This is so important. Do not second guess yourself. If you are filled with the Spirit of God, I encourage you today to listen carefully. We have never lived in a day where every single step has to be ordered of the Lord. The Lord will give you an unction. The other day, for instance, I'm supposed to. I'm headed down a particular road. I'm headed to a particular place as fast as I can get there. And the Spirit of the Lord inside of me just came up. It wasn't this, this thunderbolt. It wasn't something that knocked me off and I couldn't even see for th three days. It wasn't even a Saul of Tarsus experience and it didn't knock me off of my car horse or anything like that. It was just an unction in my spirit. It was just the spirit of the Lord rising up. It was that prophetic nature that I've stirred up by the laying on of hands. And sometimes you got to lay it on yourself. Just saying. And all of a sudden, here I am headed to this place, right to the place. And do you know, so help me, Lord, that is the very place that at the same time I was there, I went just three blocks away. Two people were killed right in the middle of where I was. Two. Two. I could tell you the place and some of you would laugh. It, but it was at a place in Houston, and I was supposed to be there at the moment. But the Lord, something inside of me, and I almost second-guessed it. And I'm saying, no, I really need to go there. And the Spirit of the Lord redirected me. And I didn't second-guess it. When you are late, visibly late, when you've done everything in your power, and something has stopped you, give God glory. Something is happening that you don't need to be in the middle of. You need to encourage yourself in the Lord and begin to release prophetic words. This is what I want to tell you. There are encouraging words that will change your life. And the Word of God said, fight the good fight. Timothy, with that word that's been spoken over you. Now, I'm talking about you being encouraged, but let me talk about you encouraging others. You need to walk up to people and by the Spirit of the Lord, just begin to say what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in you to people. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to have four degrees in theology just to do the word of the Lord and encourage people. This is the most discouraging moment in history history. And if we, the people of God, cannot be what we're called to be, then that is the only answer. There is no plan B. There's just sometimes you got to walk up to people. You got to look them in the eye and say to, the, to these precious people that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Holy Spirit, and by the way, I hear the Lord saying you ain't seen nothing yet you thought you had a nice house you thought you things were good it's nothing compared to what God has got in store for you this is your season this 
is your season. This is your season to shine. You have asked. You have asked, my son. You have said this, and it is here now. But you will rise up and do what I've called you to do. For this is your hour, says the Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. You gotta learn to just put your hand out there. Take a step in the right direction. Begin to praise and worship God. There is a spirit of encouragement that needs to be released on your brother. There's a spirit of encouragement that God is raising up in the body in this hour. And here's what's wonderful. I didn't plan any of that. But if it's innate in you, what's in you just will come out. And when you take a step, he takes two. I didn't know that other part, but I believe it. And I was ministering to a lady the other day, and I happened to be ministering on this the first time on a Wednesday night, and spoke to a lady, and I was prophesying to her. And I said in the next few days, and I'm just saying to her, doing some scripture as an example, and the Holy Ghost said in the next 30 days, the greatest gift you've ever received is coming to your house. I'm not even going to tell you. I'm going to get it on video and show y'all what God did. You know why? Because this is innate in the people of God. There is a spirit of encouragement that I want to release on this house. A spirit of prophetic anointing. There is nothing that will encourage you more. And you don't have to have some big, huge prophecy. Just start with the Word of God. Just start with the Word of God. No matter what the enemy does, God's got something else in store. God is your help. There's great things in store for you. And I want you to exercise it on your way out of here today. I'm getting through here. Oh, Jesus. Number four. That was number four. Oh, I really did want to tell you some more about that. But I can't do it. All prophetic words need to be held lightly. I understand that. All prophetic words, they, they need to grow in our experience. And, and the more you encourage, the more strengthening you will become. I cannot tell you the greatest things that Pastor Randy and me have done for God have been birthed out of someone just speaking a simple word over us of encouragement. Don't underestimate the power of encouragement. You can do it, baby. You've got it in you. The glory of God is on you. I've seen goodness in you. You serve a good father. You serve a good father. Number five, tell stories about what God is doing in your life. Use your testimony. Tell stories about what God is doing in your life. When Paul wrote his letter to the Christians in Philippi, he was in prison. On the uh, one hand, it was sad and desperate. And this is a beloved brother in Christ was getting a hard time. And of course, no one likes that. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly, Paul said. So maybe because of what they've gone through, they have no idea how 
much I've been encouraged by what they've gone through. Did I want it? No. Did I cry when I saw the pictures? Yes. But something in me said, Renee, oh my goodness. That ought to give you courage of what God has because the enemy knows what is in store and he knows what's ahead. And also, on another hand, you can say, well, that isn't, I'm not in that position right now. So at least I can give God thanks for that. Are y'all with me? And encourage people in the Lord. I'm telling you, use your testimony. Never underestimate the power of storytelling. In fact, storytelling is the best way to cast vision. Tell your story and hope among people everywhere. But here's the thing. I want to give you a caveat. I want to put on your storytelling that let's make it honest. Let's don't make it about, oh, God is faithful, wonderful, you've never seen anything like it, ever. You need to share in a positive way that, you know, I've been through that. I've been through this. I was down here. I was on my luck. I've been to my last time. I lost hope. But don't think you're going to stay there. If God can do it for me, he can do it for you. Use your own testimony to show people God will totally wreck your life with unbelievable things if you will use your life. Your story, like Paul did, he even said, oh, because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been, been encouraged to speak the word. So if it's because of my down, because of my downfall, because of my catastrophe, because of what I've been through, I've caused many, many others to move forward. So be it. Let it God be alive in Jesus' name. Number six. This is the last one. Be committed. Be committed to Christian community. Christian community. Oh, my goodness. What do I mean by that? Well, according to the New Testament, to have an encouragement mindset is having a high, say high, get way up there, high, no going up there, high, value. On belonging to the community of faith, to a body of people. To be Christian, according to the New Testament, is to belong to a fellowship of believers. And the practice of coming together with fellowship. And we don't know for certain who wrote the New Testament in the book of Hebrews. There are a few clues in the original manuscript. However, many scholars, most scholars attribute Hebrews to the authorship of Barnabas. Barnabas, in chapter 10, 24, and 25, says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together in prayer groups, in life teams. Thank you very much much. Don't be, don't give that up as some are in the habit of doing because they don't need it. It is the highest form of hypocrisy and it's the highest form of pride because you may not need it, but somebody needs the gift that God deposited in you. Do you get it? So he said, it's summer in the habit, but let us encourage, encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. <laughs> one of the ways we encourage each other in the Christian faith is to gather together with fellow believers because iron sharpens iron to express that 
opposite way to start to stay apart or not to relate with the fellowship and the body. I just don't like getting together with people. Then you will hate heaven because it's going to be a party. And they're going to have M&M's there. They're going to have gumbo and they're going to have Mexican food. I'm just saying. Sorry, if you don't like Mexican food, you're not going to like heaven because it's going to be there. Coming together with fellow Christians and being apart. But one of the sad tragedies about contemporary Christianity is the spirit of, of consumerism that pervades this generation and pervades the church. The dominant, the dominant attitude in this culture is what's in it for me. Yeah? If my personal needs have not been met, why bother going to church? In contrast, let me read the Word of God of Hebrews 10. It suggests that there is another reason for being in the body of Christ with Christians in community. Apparently, it's not what I get out of the exercise. But more importantly, what I'm able to give to another. That's what the Message Bible says. What I'm able to give to other people. If we're serious about behaving and being a Barnabite manner, then we have to. Love other people. Encourage them. Be a Christian. Belong to a community of faith that encourages other people. Being Christian is just not about me and Jesus. Got our own thing going. Mm -mm. It's about we and Jesus. Got our own thing going. I know we have a person. Don't get me out of context. I know we have to have a personal experience first. But more importantly, or just as important past that, not more. But just as important, the next step is that we gather together. I want to read you this illustration. Then I'm going to end with the story that some of you have heard. You know, this invisible church is making a comeback. And maybe you've heard this story of a pastor that visited with this freelance missionary who was asking for financial support. And the pastor asked the missionary if he was associated with a particular community or body of believers. And the missionary replied that he was a part of the invisible church. Anybody ever told you that? The bigger than church. The big, big church. Paul's about that response. The pastor asked again, what community of believers do you worship with? Again, the missionary replied, I belong to the invisible church. By now, the pastor was getting it. You know, we do get it after a while. And he was growing suspicious a bit of this freelance missionary appeal for money. So he asked, where does the invisible church meet? And who is your leader and overseer pastor? At this, the missionary was getting very vexed and fumed. That's a little bit of a sign right there. And he said, well, your church is not the real church. I belong to the invisible church. The pastor thought for a minute, reached out his hand and said, here's some invisible money to help you minister to the invisible church. <laughs> yay, yay, yay. Now, this pastor wasn't denying the existence of the one body, the big body. He was affirming that the invisible church ministers through the invisible church that you and me Right here. I want to end today, and Pastor Randon's coming, those who are, uh, are coming and tell you that this is a time that we have to be encouraging. We have to be filled with thanksgiving. We have to be filled with praise. And I want to issue 
a moratorium over this house, this ministry, and anybody you are personally connected with under your authority. There's a moratorium that I feel like the Spirit of the Lord gave me permission this morning to release over this house. That in the next 31 days until January the 1st, it takes 30 days to break a habit and to start a new one. Well, in the next 30 days, there's a moratorium over this house that no one has the authority or the right by God himself to discourage in anybody discourage anything or anybody. But what in fact I want to release over you and we're going to make a directive in this house that every day I will find someone, one, two, three people. In fact, I I had a deal that said that if you will give thanks for three things or encourage three people a day, that your vision, positive output will be raised at least 25%. I, I just read it. I read it. I've got, the, I've got it. You can go online and read it. It's, it's true. It's already been proven. Now, that's without even the Word of God putting on it. You put the Word of God on it, God doesn't do anything but multiply. Here's the deal. If one can put a thousand to flight, what can happen if all of us are encouraging each other in this house? Don't make it one or two people that are known as the encouragers. This house will be known as the encouraging house. The house that builds up people. So for the next 30 days, I encourage you every single day, find somebody new and several people you already know and speak the Word of God. Prophesy the Word of God over them. Speak something over them that's positive and pure in Jesus' name. Will you do that for me? I love you. Stand up on your feet. Thank you, Father, for this wonderful people. I thank you, Lord, that you are moving us in. And every year at this time, you start speaking directives and giving us insight. And you have begun that several months back. And, Lord, we already see a big picture of what you're going to do in 2016. Prepare the people of God in this house in the next 30 days for the greatest new year that we have ever experienced. We declare that over this house, the people of God, the leaders, Pastor Randon, the associates, It's all of the leaders, all the pastors in Jesus' name, all the elders, every single person that has authority, and all of the believers in the house in Jesus' name. This will be our greatest year. And the next 31 days, Lord, we will see things happen right before our eyes as we begin to use your word. In Jesus' name, we thank you and give you praise. God bless you.